What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Residential Living with Richard Orso. On this episode, Richard sits down with Sam Russell from Orso Designs, um, and they're going over everything kitchen design guidelines, not requirements, just guidelines. Um, and this is might sound simple, but it's anything from the flow of your kitchen to your appliances and from the perspective of leading industry professionals. Enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome, guys. Today we have Sam Russell with us. He is one of our designers with Orso Designs. We have some really great information for you guys. We are members of the National Kitchen and Bath Association. We're going to reply to them as the NKBA. They are the association I have my certified kitchen design certification through. And they have created some really cool guidelines. Today we're going to touch on the kitchen design guidelines. We're going to probably get through about half of them today, and we'll pick up another the other half on another episode. Mm-hmm. But you're going to look at it and go like, wow, their job is simple. Yeah, a lot of common sense, but, I mean, you, you'll, you'll hear it, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that, that, that just makes sense that that goes that way. Yeah. Uh, so do, do you want to you go ahead and get started? What, I just want to say one more thing is there's a lot of accessibility guidelines that go along with with the these guidelines we're just going to kind of keep it simple and basic mm-hmm. with our guidelines today and then we'll pick up the accessibility guidelines another day sure. with that now when we get into the bath this got the guidelines we jump directly into accessibility but kitchens are a little bit more flexible when it comes to a, accessibilities one thing i want y'all to remember there are guidelines there are no rules in kitchen design because we have small small houses small kitchens and a lot of limitations so we're going to touch on some guidelines today that you're like hmm, that will never work in my kitchen but bear with us it's cool because there are ways to work around some of these limitations there is no such thing as a perfect kitchen it might be perfect for sally but you know, someone else, yeah. you know, is not the perfect kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, let's get cranking. Okay. Well, uh, let, let's start, let's start where, where you would usually start going into a kitchen. We'll, we'll start with door entry, you know? Um, sure. We can talk door in, doors. You got interior doors, you got exterior doors. There's a lot of times an exterior door comes in from the carport right into the kitchen, but there's also some very usable space on the wall for multiple you know appliances and such like that so wisps mean a whole lot we you know in in this guideline number one they're actually asking for a minimum of 32 inches clear Mm -hmm. to access through these doors well to have 32 inches clear you have to have a 34 inch door which is not not a standard size door so you'd almost have to go to a 36 inch door but we as as I say, limitations in homes, we do our best to try to keep the doors as, as wide as we possibly can uh, with what we have to work with. So. so if you have to work with a 210 door instead of a 3.0? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, 210s are, are non-stock. So you know, we're down. Me personally, in residential, if I can do a 2.8 door, which is a 32-inch door, I am totally – That's where you're going totally, with Totally comfortable with that. Really, if you look in 
residential living, pretty much the only house, only door in a house is a 36 inches, the front door. Mm-hmm. Now, some of your new construction, you'll go in and accessibility is really thought out, and there's 36-inch doors through and through the opening. But, man, if we got a 32, even a, a, a you know a 30-inch, 2.6, yeah. is, is a lot to be can be done. Yeah, yeah, that. that's workable. Okay. All right. And when it comes to uh what we'll go into guideline number two, when it comes to door interference, you know, what what what's some things you want to avoid when, when it comes to a door opening um, you know, in in a kitchen and in front of appliances and sure. whatnot. We try to avoid having doors interfere. Let's just say there's an entry door coming in from the carport and, and the best case for that refrigerator is right there in the door. So in the guidelines it's it you would preferably not have have the refrigerator competing with that exterior door, or even an interior door. But it's reality. I mean, it's still best case scenario. How often are you going to be opening up the refrigerator? You know, in, in, in the exterior door is open, so we will we'll keep that into consideration and try to get the refrigerator to the opposite side of the room to where it's not impeding with with that door. Another thing as far as, as, as door interference is try very hard to not have the dishwasher opposite the range to where the range door opens and the dishwasher opens and they, they would actually hit each other. Right, yeah. Even, if, even to the point to where if they would open and not hit each other, it, it totally blocks off. Yeah, you, your whole walkway, right. Yeah. right. Yeah, so if someone's washing dishes and, you know, there's it just totally blocks off that space. Yeah, understood, understood. Okay, and uh, what, what are some good ways, you know, if, if, you, if you absolutely have to put a door here and you have to have your fridge right here, is there anything you could do with an interior door or doorway, you know, to, to not have it in, impeding on that? Is there any door styles? Sure. Um, in, on the interior doors, it, it could be a pocket door. Mm-hmm. It could be nowadays. I don't like to use the word barn doors because people I don't want a barn door. Uh-huh. But sliders work very well. They could slide on the other opposite side of the wall to where it's not, it's not, uh, you know, coming into a room. Another thing is, is of course exterior doors. We primarily want them to swing in, but if it's an interior door or if it's a door going out to a patio with a you know a nice cover, you could actually swing the door the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Okay, we'll uh, we'll go into we'll go into guideline three, um, distance between work centers. Sure. Now this is very challenging because some kitchens are extremely small, and some kitchens are very big. So, but the, this guideline reads as we try to avoid having a min- less than four feet between each workstation. Now. Primarily the three workstations that we think about in a kitchen is the sink, the range, and the refrigerator. Okay. Now, one of the things that has been introduced later is also preparation space, which we'll talk about. And then this guideline also rule reads out to where we, there shouldn't be no more than nine feet between workstations to where if we're having to walk more than nine feet to get from the sink to the refrigerator, it was, it's considered to where that's a little bit too much of a, yeah. of, of a travel. Yeah. But here again, like I say, some of these kitchens nowadays are just so big, it's, right. it's quite convenient to have more space yeah. than that extra. Now, hey, it's, it's 11 feet instead of nine feet. <laughs> I'll take it. So, uh-huh. And then, then there's a lot of things uh, 
We actually are doing more and more in walk-in pantries. We're putting the microwave in the pantry. We're putting a, putting a, a refrigerator only in the kitchen and putting the freezer in the pantry because we go to the refrigerator probably 10 times more than we go to the freezer. So that, that walk to the freezer is a little bit more than what we call the nine feet. But, hey, once again, the more space we got, yeah. the better. It's giving you more counter space, too. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, we'll roll into, uh, we'll roll into number four, separating those work centers. Now, what, what do you mean when you say separating those work centers? The best case scenario is to have the sink in the center of the work triangle. The sink by far is the most used item in, in the kitchen. So sink in the middle, range to one side, refrigerator to the other side. Okay. So sink here, range here. We don't want to do like an oven stack in you know in the flow, the swing of the, the sink and range, uh, a pantry, something like that that's very big to where you're here and you're trying to transition around the kitchen to the sink and you got this big old elephant in the room. That, yeah. That's just, you know, it would be nice to where the, the oven stack would be on the other side to where from the range to the sink is all counter space without the obstruction of that. Mm-hmm. Now, it is written in the guideline to where if you were to have a oven stack or a pantry, set on a diagonal set back is acceptable in these guidelines. So if you had it in a corner, you could have it But if you think about it, we're really using a whole lot less of oven stacks nowadays. Most of our designs are going to ranges, Mm -hmm. which makes our job so much easier, so much easier to to design around a range without the oven stacks. And, of course, nowadays with so many open kitchen designs, there's just really – any place far an oven stack. So, yeah. And, of course, pantries we do need to take into consideration. We normally spread those out, you know, to the end of the runs one way or the other. If you have the pantry space, why not use it? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. And you, and you had mentioned you had mentioned this word um, previously, number five, we'll, we'll go into a work triangle. So, so can you dive a little bit more into that work triangle? Sure. Back in the early days, you know, the 70s, a work triangle – was the sink, the range, and and the refrigerator. Hardly ever was it discussed about food preparation space. Food preparation space is so important because we spend more time prepping food than we stand at the range, stand at the refrigerator. Now the the sink, you know, it could be a kind of pretty close difference of, of it. So once again I think I just mentioned earlier, having the sink in the middle of the of the triangle is the best case scenario, sink in the middle, range, refrigerator, or vice versa. And that way you can get around the kitchen quite well. Mm-hmm. So it uh, it's good to be able to flow around it as well as possible. Probably 90% of our kitchens nowadays have a an island of some sort or a peninsula sticking out into the room to where we actually utilize the the island as food prep area, which pretty much coincides no longer a triangle, but you know, a quadrangle with sure. with, with those those legs there. And then we really uh, here again it, it mentions here to not have major traffic flow through the work triangle to where if there's a the carport door coming in, it really shouldn't flow through the work triangle. 
but in most kitchen designs, it's really tough to not have that. Once again, somebody flowing through is not going to totally shut down the kitchen. Of sure. Somebody's walking through pretty pretty rapidly. So sure, yeah. But and, and that and that's one of those common sense ones that when you say it, it 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 really resonates with you because I could see a situation where you're in the fridge, you're grabbing vegetables. The first place you're going to is is right is to the sink. You want to go straight to the sink, wash those vegetables, go to your prep station, right? Cut those vegetables, and then you're going over to the range. And if you can make that around without bumping into a sure. few kids or tripping yes. over something, yes. you know, yep. you're, yes. you're doing good. And it's it's just real important that the kitchen flows very well. Sure, sure. And and uh, so so um, when it comes to a, a work aisle, you know, what what are some limitations or what are what are some ob, you know, objections that you try to sure. try to shoot for? The minimum we try to shoot for is 36 inches. Okay. Now that's technically a one person kitchen, mm-hmm. and it's pretty minimal. I've been in the kitchens where there's been 30 inches. You know, they build these full-depth refrigerators, and there's 24 inches between the refrigerator. they got to actually take the doors off the refrigerator to get them into the kitchen yeah. because there's not enough space. I like to shoot for at least 42 inches. 42 inches is pretty easy for two people to flow around it. But primarily, we, we like to shoot for 45, uh, 48 inches. Is, is, is if, if we're starting fresh with a new construction kitchen, we have plenty of room. Forty-eight inches is is what we shoot for. Now the determining factor is is it from the faces of the cabinet or from the actual countertop edges? We design to the cabinet cabinet faces, but you know these guidelines actually read to the countertops, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense because nowadays with full overlay doors, you got three quarters, seven eighths inch a door, and then you got another inch and a half of overhang of counters. So even though face to face you got a good clearance by the time you fill it up with countertop overhang, it could it's feed it in quite yeah. quite well. My kitchen I have forty five inches all the way around the kitchen all the way around the island and it, it works very well. Mm-hmm. So here again, limitations of what we have to work with play a lot into what we actually figure into the, the work aisle. Sure, sure. Um, so stepping out of the work aisle, we'll go to number seven. We'll go to just walkways. The uh, how, how how do you want to set up your walkway around the kitchen? The the walkways is primarily. Let's just say you have an L shaped kitchen with an island. This is your prep area, and the walkways like behind the island, so people are walking through. That should be a minimum of 36 inches, a walkway you know, behind the back of, of the, the island. And then if you have a perpendicular turn, that one of them should be at least 42 inches to where you have 36 inches and you're trying to transition to an, you know, another 36-inch opening. It, it could be very well, very tight, especially yeah. if someone's standing at the island or at the range or such. Yeah, you're carrying something. Right. Yeah, sure. that's true. I mean, in the kitchen, you, you, you're carrying platters, you're carrying food in and around the kitchen. So it just, but yet then again, we want to make our island, you know, the, the as large as we possibly can, but we want to keep our aisles. It's always a rule of thumb. It's always better to have your island a little bit smaller than what it should be than a little bit larger than what it should be. Okay. And the you know the the you know, thousand dollar question is what's a standard size island? There ain't no there's, there's there is none. none. Have you no. seen Charlie Dawson's <laughs> island? Yeah. 
Um, all right, so uh, so we'll go into number eight. We'll go into uh, traffic clearance at seating. So when you're talking traffic clearance, what do you mean by that? Traffic clearance is behind an island, behind a peninsula. So you have some bar stools where people are sitting mm-hmm. at the bar stools, and you got to be able to transition to where, let's just say, you have a peninsula and a wall here and bar stool. So if someone's sitting in that first bar stool. You got to have enough space for someone to pass behind okay. that that bar stool, and then of course the the guideline reads thirty two inches. Well, that's very minimal. Mm-hmm. But you have any bar stool of any size, and if someone of you know of decent size, it's going to be hard to uh, to, to cross by there. Then you get into the situation to where you have an island or a peninsula. You have seating at at it. And, but it's actually still a pass-through. Now, it might not be a predominant pass-through where people are, const, const, you know, there's another way to get to it, and then you need to increase that to around 36 inches. Okay. So, and then uh, a walk pass, you know, once again, we get to the 44 inches. As I mentioned, at my house, that's what I have with bar stools. And it tends to work very well to where someone could be sitting at the bar stools and someone could walk past behind the bar stools and not actually have to turn sideways. Yeah. And then of course, you know, there's a wheelchair involved. We actually, you know, really need to have probably sixty inches okay. to where, you know, someone could wheel behind. Yeah, there. that makes sense. Okay. Okay. And then uh we'll go right in number nine, we'll go into like seating clearance. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking seating clearance we're talking about countertops, heights. Yep. You know, so so um, kind of walk me through some different heights. What's what's the sure. minimum countertop height you would want for for your seat? Technically, the the three standard counter heights in a residential kitchen is thirty inches, mm-hmm. which is a tabletop height. Okay. That would be someone great to if someone was in a wheelchair, they can wheel up to it. Secondly, it's thirty six inches. That's the most common size. And then secondly, and thirdly, would be the 42-inch snack counter. Mm-hmm. Now, we, unless it's, we are seeing very few 42-inch counters in kitchen design nowadays. Pretty much, for the most part, everything is 36 inches yeah, tall. It's, so, it's running flush with those countertops. But if you think about it, sitting at a 30-inch counter versus a 36-inch counter versus a 42-inch counter, you, your, your, your vertical box changes okay so if you're sitting down you're a lot wider you know a lot deeper than you are sitting up okay and then so if you had a 42 inch counter you're a lot more vertical so your depths of your countertops can vary from from one to the other so like for a 30 inch counter they ask you know recommend an 18 inch overhang okay and then for a a 36 inch they they recommend a 15 inch overhang Mm -hmm. now we here in our local area, we're totally fine with 15-inch overhangs. It's just kind of a nature that we've we've established. And then the 40, the 42 inches is also they, they you know you could go down to a 12-inch overhang for for the 42 inch. Now then we also talk about how wide the the space should be for a bar stool. Okay. The rule of thumb is we should have a minimum of 24 inches mm-hmm. per bar stool. And then, in, but nowadays these bar stools range from just little bitty round tops to big old bar stools with backs and arms, and they don't swivel, and they just they're huge and they're heavy, and so you really need to be thinking a little bit more with 
and just your standard 24 inches. Now, if you have an island and you can expand out past the the island, you can, you know, the bar stools can kind of sit on the outside a little bit further. Okay. So 28 to 30 inches is, is you know, pretty cool. Yeah. Know the width of your bar stool for sure. So, uh, so we'll, we'll breeze into number 10, and, and the rest of these are probably going to go by pretty quick, but um, we'll do cleanup and prep sink placement. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So, so where, where, where are we prepping, where are we, where are we cleaning our vegetables? Right. As we mentioned, the, the cleanup sink primarily should be in the, in the middle of everything. Everything revolves around the sink. So it uh, not always falls in, in the middle of, of the triangle, but we shoot to, to try to get that sink to fit into the you know the middle of the, the middle. triangle so we're, we have our range right there refrigerator there and our preparation whether it's right alongside the, the sink but actually and then you know you can always transition out to the island also yeah and so the landing area by that cleanup prep sink that's that's going to be right near it yep okay. that's correct mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. okay we'll we'll go into number 12 prep work area um how big do you want your your prep work you, know, you said yours was 45 at home. Well, technically, a, a prep counter should be unobstructed 36 inches wide, okay. 24 inches deep. So if you're going to use a perimeter countertop for preparation, you shouldn't have your coffee pot there or such like, you know, your, your knife. I got you. Your knife block there. And then, you know, around your, your main sink, you should have at least 24 inches on one side, 18 inches on the other. But yet, then again, that could transition into a prep area if you have the 36 inches. Now, reading in some of the, the more modern, you know, they even considering 30 inches actually being a, you know, adequate for a okay. preparation counter. And then, of course, you've got uh, if you're close to the corner with your sink, which we try to avoid, you just need to have not only countertop to the to the side of it, but your perpendicular cabinet should have some easy, you know, some good work encounter space there also. Okay. All right. The meal so, has just been eaten. You've got dirty dishes, plates, and bowls, and, you know, just so you need some landing space there. Yeah. So so we have a good placement for the sink. We have a good idea of where our prep and, and area is. So where, where's our dishwasher going? Where, 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 where's the, the best place? You don't want it in front of the range. Right. Yes. Most of the times we try to to place the the dishwasher opposite the range. The dishwasher's door is open. You look over and the spaghetti's balling over on the range. You don't want to have to hurdle over the dishwasher door to get to the range. Sure. So that don't always work out well, but it also does. It it uh, it can play into it. So many people. Well, it's been on the left for thirty five years. I want it on the left within a week. Most people, you know, it, it's just yeah. kind of kind of a nature of the beast to transition from the left to the right. Habits form in three days. It's mm-hmm. easier than people think. Uh, so, so got dishwasher placement. We're, when we're talking about waste receptacles, when we're talking about trash cans, um, what's a you know we're we're a big fan of garbage pullouts, are we not? Yes, definitely. We pretty much design a, a garbage pullout in every kitchen that we do wet bars, outdoor kitchens. I mean, it's, it's something because, you know, the days of having the old garbage can sitting on the floor just doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. Most of the times we will do a two-receptacle garbage can 
works very well where if you do have recycling, you can put your garbage in the first can and then the back can be the recycling mm. and utilize it. Now, there's also different height of garbage pullouts. You can have one with a drawer above it, which will still hold two 13-gallon garbage cans. Or if you've got a big family, some may elect to go ahead and do the full height garbage can garbage pullout, which they can do larger cans. That way they don't have to change them out quite as much. Sure, sure. You could even do a faux drawer on the top of that so it still runs even That's with right. all, yes. all yeah. your it, upper it cabinet. It can look yeah. like it's a drawer, but it's a, just a false front. When you pull on the drawer handle, the whole pullout comes out. Awesome. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into number 15, and I, I, I think this is where we'll, sure. we'll stop today. Yes. Um, but, but we'll go into the auxiliary sink, so mm-hmm. a, a kind of a secondary sink. That's correct. You don't see it quite as much as you did a few years ago, but the, the what we call the vegetable sink or the prep sink was, was utilized. You see a lot of it in wet bars and such. You know, the concept of, of, not, as, of putting the sink right in the middle, it just kind of tear, you know, it just kind of destroys your counter space. So you can put it up against the wall, but it should be at least three inches off the wall. You don't want it right up against the wall for splashage mm-hmm. and such like that. And then you should probably have at least 18 inches of counter space to one side or the other of the sink. So, okay. Yep. All right. Well, great. I mean, Sam, I really appreciate you answering me, you know, these questions. I think well, thank it you for really went me. well. I want to thank you all for joining us, and we hope this is some really great information. If you have any questions about what we discussed today, please reach out to us with the available information you have. He's the guy. He's the guy to go to.